be willing to iterate on it and experiment and try other people's stuff out, treat it like it's a, an intern or a junior marketing or research person and just give it the feedback as you go. When you figure out what's working well, make sure you write that stuff down so you can reuse those prompts. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and today we're going to dive down the AI rabbit hole and really talk about how you can use AI to speed things up in your business, maybe in some different ways that you thought about before. And how I've invited today's guest, Jason Van Orden, is I am subscribed to his LinkedIn newsletter, which is fabulous. And I thoroughly suggest that you connect with Jason on LinkedIn and subscribe to his newsletter. But it came out and was talking about using AI for customer research. And I knew that I had to reach out and ask him to come onto the show. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Jason. He works with coaches and consultants and helps them to double their income and work with 10 times as many clients without working harder or sacrificing client results. And who doesn't want that? He draws from almost 20 years of experience, including launching over 60 online courses, working with more than a thousand entrepreneurs and launching the first ever podcast about internet business, which spent 10 years as a top 10 ranked business podcast. So welcome to the show, Jason. It's fabulous to have you joining us. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for the invitation, Samantha. Such a pleasure. You've been in my world for a while. I attend your networking events. You've been on the panel on my other show, Next Level Influence. And now you're here on Influence by Design podcast. So I feel super lucky that I've gotten to speak to you so much because you're so knowledgeable and inspiring. Tell us a little bit about how you came to use AI to do your customer research. Yeah, you know, it's as soon as AI started popping up, I'm, I'm a former software engineer. And so I kind of get fascinated by this stuff. And I tend to be an early adopter. So I just dove in and started experimenting with like, what's going to work. And I ran into a lot of the usual frustrations that people do. It's like, is this accurate? Is this, this I don't know if this is giving me what I want. It doesn't seem to be understanding and stuff, but I stuck to it. And and I knew that this was one area that I wanted to crack the code in terms of customer research or customer discovery, because it's such a fundamental and important process that I use with all of my clients. And I suggest that others do in their own business of really understanding what's going on in the mind of your ideal client, your ideal prospect in terms of what's their reality right now. What's the language they might use to talk about the outcomes that they want? What are the obstacles that they're running into? So you can make sure that you address those obstacles, whether in your marketing or your program. What are the things maybe that they have tried before and it didn't work out for them so that I can position my offer against the things that haven't worked well for them? What are the things that they're saying to others as they express their frustrations about what they want, why they're not getting there, You know what I call the gap, right? That's in between mm. where they're at and where they want to go. And all of this information is such a rich resource for creating content, creating messaging that resonates, that's relevant to the people that you want to help, 
you can apply it. It makes it so much easier to create great offers that will for sure address the wants of the people that you're helping. I mean, as experts, we know what they need, but it's important Mm -hmm. to know what they also in their terms want as well. And so a lot of these questions we ask ourselves when we're creating content or offers, like, I don't want to put something out there that's going to fall flat. I don't want to miss the mark somehow. I don't want to spend time and energy on something that's not in the right direction of what people will respond to. If you do some of this customer discovery up front that lays the foundation and ensures that you're not making bad assumptions or going down the wrong path. And so I got into it because I saw the opportunity and it's such a key important part of any business owner's strategy as they they move forward. So I just experimented with it until I, I figured out and started getting results that seemed promising. I shared it with clients recently. They're like, wow, Jason, I went down the rabbit hole. This was so interesting, so helpful, so great, and like awesome. So I went into LinkedIn, shared a little bit of it there. That's where you saw it. Others started responding to it. And so here I am now. I'm like, okay, great. It seems like this is useful. And I've had great results. My clients have a great results. So, you know, let's let's get this stuff out there. So that's that's the background. I love that. Before we move on, I just wanted to touch quickly. You talked about the difference between our clients, what they want, or our prospects, essentially, what they want versus what they need. And I think that this is really important. And I wanted to go back and touch on this before we move forward, because I find, and I don't know if you find this, that a lot of coaches are so good at what they do, and they so understand what the core problem really is, that they forget to touch on what the customer wants. So it's the way that I describe this with my clients is, you know, if you've got a prospect with a headache and you're a health coach, they're often like, well, you know, that's not the core problem. We need to make sure that you, you know, you're looking after this and eating good food right. and taking the vitamins. And that person's just like, I just got a headache. Just give me a neurofin. Like, I just, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> so, so I think that this is, you know, really important to understand that we've got to give them what we need. And as coaches, we're really good at that. But as marketers, we need to give them what they want so that we can bring them into their world in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, I actually have a good example just to illustrate this too in a specific business sense. And this was actually before the AI thing. This would have been much easier if AI had been around. But a client that I worked with had this wonderful framework for helping teams be more resilient. She found that in her research, is like, if we can help people at work be more resilient, we're going to get better outcomes. People are going to stick around. They're going to be more loyal and more engaged. Well, the struggle was, as we tried to sell her going into organizations and talking about resilience, managers and leaders were not waking up in the morning going like, you know what, if only my team was more resilient, mm-hmm. then I, you know, that's not what they were looking for. And one of my favorite marketing and sales quotes is, by Robert Collier is always enter the conversation already going on in the mind of your prospect. Mm -hmm. But that requires knowing, well, what is that conversation going on in their mind? So I set her to doing some customer discovery, which she loved. I told her, go do a half a dozen of these interviews. She ended up doing like 25. She was getting so much great information. And we're going to talk here in a minute how to use AI to do this now. Mm -hmm. And what she started figuring out was, People were worried about losing their best, their best employees who had been around. They'd invested time in them. They had organizational knowledge. Like, I can't afford to lose my good people. It's too costly to the organization. Okay, great. Check number one. Number two, they were worried about not getting enough engagement and output out of their teams because everyone was so burned out. This was a couple of years ago when everyone was just so drained by, by COVID and all the other things that are going on. So we're like, aha, okay, we need to meet them where they're at talking about burnout and talking about losing their best employees 
and through a conversation, help them see resilience and particularly her resilience framework is the answer that they're mm-hmm. looking for. Mm-hmm. But before you can do that, you got to know where to meet them first. And that's where customer discovery can be so helpful. Love that so much. Love it. Why is AI or what is the, I guess, the benefit of AI when you can have those conversations with customers? I mean, the first thing that's coming up, obviously, is time. But are you finding that you get better results through AI or different results? Yeah, so it's when doing customer discovery, it's good to have different. First of all, it's good to have different data points to to -hmm. look at. And by data points, I mean, it's like, okay, one to one conversations absolutely are something important. And I think even if you use the AI, you should do some of those as well. But searching through the internet and going through communities and seeing what people are saying, or, you know, there's lots of other researching do initially to kind of zero in on some of those initial ideas of, okay, well, what are they worried about right now? What are they looking for? What have they tried before? What are the, what are the, so AI can grease the wheels, remove some of the friction of doing some of that initial research so that when you do go and have the one-on-one conversations, you know where you want to go deeper and understand Mm -hmm. more or what you would like to validate or verify. So what used to take hours of potentially doing Google searches and looking on Reddit and Quora or wherever your people, Facebook groups, wherever they might be, now you've got this robot, this computer that has been fed tons and tons and tons and tons of data and can in moments correlate, you know, bring that together and summarize it for you as long as you ask the right question so it knows Mm -hmm. what to give you. So I would say it makes the initial phases of customer discovery that much faster and easier so that when you do go have those conversations one-on-one with people, you're that much better prepared and can immediately start going deeper into what it is that you need to know more. Mm. What I found really interesting when I did this, which I did after I read your newsletter, I was like, oh, wow, I'd never even thought about it for customer research is that one of the things that came back repeatedly, so it wasn't just mentioned once or twice, it was repeatedly mentioned through a lot of questions because I just kept going backwards and forwards and it just kept coming up over and over, is something that no one had ever said to me, yet when I fed it back and said, do you have this problem? They're like, oh my goodness, yes. But I didn't realize how to put it into words. It was a feeling that they, I guess because they hadn't heard other people say it, they'd never said it, it was right. fascinating, absolutely fascinating, where every single person went, yeah, that's exactly what was on my mind. So I thoroughly recommend going through this process, but it is all to do with the good prompts, right? Because the shit in, prompts, shit yeah. out, but great prompts in gives you great responses back. Mm-hmm. What constitutes, in your words or in your mind, what constitutes a good prompt? Because we hear about good prompts, but what is it actually? Yeah, a good prompt is one that gets you what you're looking for. Now, that's that's obviously not a helpful answer on its own. And that's hard to know what the right prompt is. So one thing is that, you know, experience helps you formulate good prompts or listening to people who've already tried and say, you know, here's a good starting point. But one of the first things I want to say is like, hey, if it takes you two or three or five prompts to get to where you want to go, that's fine. In the same way that interviewing somebody one-on-one, you'd probably spend a half an hour, ask a question, ask a follow-up question, ask another question, right? And one of the things I don't think people realize with AI is that you work with it as if it's kind of an an intern or like a, a junior marketing and research person on your team. And sometimes that person is going to like 
you know, go and do what you ask them or what they think you ask them and come back and give you stuff. And you'll be like, okay, this is a good start. Not exactly what I wanted, or it feels like there might be more here, or I would like it in this format, or I would. And that's what you do is you give it feedback. And, you know, the nice thing that when you're working with chat GPT or other AI often is that as long as you're within that same conversation, it has the reference of everything you said and mm -hmm. done before to continue and build on. So don't hesitate to follow up. Don't hesitate to just, and you know, even if you're talking to it like you would a person, hey, good job, this is a good start. What I would really like now is, da, 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 you know, and so through that iteration, you will arrive more likely at the thing that you are looking for. And of course, the next time you come back around, you'll have that benefit of going like, okay, last time when I didn't say, make sure you do this, it got off a little bit. So I need to make sure that's that's part of it. So what I'm trying to say as a point there is I actually keep a log of the prompts that I like to use on a regular basis. Mm. So whether that's in a Google Doc or Notion or wherever you keep these kinds of things, or in my case, I love using one of these, like I use a software called Text Expander, where I can just type a few keystrokes and it might fill in, a, it can fill in like a whole paragraph, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if I'm doing one of these like customer discovery things and I want that first prompt that says, here's the person that is my ideal person that we're talking about. So then I can have a conversation with the AI about that, I could type a few keystrokes and boom, it gives it the you know four or five sentence it needs to, to get us started. So be willing to iterate on it and experiment and try other people's stuff out. Treat it like it's a, an intern or you know a junior marketing or research person and just give it the feedback as you go. When you figure out what's working well, make sure you write that stuff down so you can reuse those prompts in the future. Those are my mm. recommendations. Love that. My husband and I have actually created a Google Drive with a doc. It's got multiple docs with different chat GPT prompts because when you land on that one that gives you what you want, you're like, we do not want to forget this one. Totally. So I love that. I love that. That little piece of advice there. You talked about doing the customer research, but I think I want to go back even one step. How do you even get the... I guess the customer avatar, like who is that ideal customer? Because I don't know if you've got a faster way of doing it, but it took me like quite a long time to be able to get that information right in the first place, because you need to mm. know who this ideal client is before you can sort of do this research. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, you've got to go back and keep asking it questions because otherwise you get really bland answers. And I think that's where people right. go wrong. So how do you, or how can you help our listeners today get that really good customer avatar in the first place, which is the foundation of, you know, asking all of these questions? Yeah. So, I mean, the, one of the underlying principles, which will not be new, I'm sure to, to your listeners is you need to have that specific idea of who you do your best work with, who you want to attract most, who is that person? It's not to say you're excluding anybody else, right? But you need to zero, zero in. Otherwise, it is going to be broad and bland and and not as as helpful. One thing you can do too, and this is a place I think we all start with customer discovery and research, is refer to, think about the clients you've already worked with. So bring to mind one or two or three people who are like, you know what, I want more people like that. Mm -hmm. And think about, okay, what is it that brought them to me? What were the problems they were running into and they wanted my help in solving? What were the what was the outcome that we were we were going for? And 
I said a couple of thing, key things there. I think it's less important in this case. I mean, it depends on the niche, but it's less important to like be like, okay, this this age and this uh, income level and demographic information, right? It's more mm-hmm. important to feed it like it's this kind of person, like in my case, a coach or consultant who's probably been in business for at least a couple of years, has reached a six figure mark. Is you know, so a couple, you know, this is where they're at, and what they would like to do now is grow their business to such and such level, but they're struggling to find this or they're struggling for this. So it's kind of like, here's where they're at. Here's where they want to go. And as far as I know, based on my experience working with them or maybe your own experience personally, if you, I mean, often we serve who Mm -hmm. we are or who we were several years ago, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Remember what it was like for you. So feed it a bit of that information. Here's who is, here's where they want to go. Here's some of the things that I know right now that they might be wondering or, or struggling with but I want to go deeper now. So you do need to have at least a little bit of that information to draw from. If you're totally at like the at the ground level and trying to figure out who your ideal client is, well, take your best hypothesis. And here's the thing is you might do this exercise with two or three or four different avatars on ChatGPT, and it might actually help you as you read through this stuff and go, that's the one actually I want to help because everything that this is coming up with is stuff that I get excited to think about and I know that I can help with, right? But you do at least need to have enough of a focusing to begin with so that it can be a springboard to get you useful information back. Mm, mm, Love that. So when you've got a really good idea of who your ideal customer is, you've done the customer research, where do you take it from there? Where can you take it knowing who they are and what their challenges are? Where can you take it in terms of what you put into ChatGPT? What else can we use the AI for? Like what's the next step? What more can we take out of it? Because I believe that you're also, you also use it for pulling, you know, different information for your courses and programs. Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing is once you've, once you've got this information, so, you know, if you go to ChatGPT, say, this is the kind of person I'm looking for, I want you to help me better understand them. And, and you start getting some, you know, asking it questions and getting information back. So then, yeah, what do you do with that information? Well, first of all, I would, I would take an amalgamation of that and definitely somewhere store, like, here is my ideal avatar in terms of, you know, the kinds of things they say, where they're at, what they've tried, what's not working, what they're frustrated with. So that then when you come back to ChatGPT and let's say I want to write an article for LinkedIn or I'm creating a new module for my program or whatever it might be that you can give it that foundation to begin with. It's like, hey, I would like your help in outlining a workshop for the following kind of person. And then, you know, you you give it that that basic description that you've developed both from your own experience as well as with the help of ChatGPT. What I would like is to, and one thing you might might try, for instance, is can you give me an outline for a workshop uh, that lasts about you know two hours? And again, the more specific you can be with some of these parameters, the better information you'll get back. Can you give me an outline for a workshop that will help this person to get this done or have this kind of like realization by by the end of the workshop? And it'll start, you know, plunking out. And, and sometimes it, like you can even have it give you like, hey, spend 10 minutes on this and 15 on this and 10 on this. Now, with any of these things, I'm not saying you just take it wholesale and go like, great, mm. I'm done. That's my mm-hmm. workshop, right? But 
I mean, how often, two things, how often, number one, do we sit down to write an article or outline a workshop or whatever, and we're staring at the, the blank screen with the cursor and we, are, we just got to get our brain going, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's so helpful to have that robot assistant say, here's a starting point, consider this, right? And I'm probably, I'm definitely going to iterate and develop that, but at least I have a starting point, which gets me going, right? Yep. Number two, they're likely you're going to see some things in there like, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Right. And it's mm -hmm. again, drawing from this whole database of information that it's been fed to say, yeah, in this case, this, this person's probably going to want to know this, this, and this, and this. So it can help you plug in holes of things that you haven't thought about either. So, so using the definition of your person to feed it to the AI when going to create a rough draft of, you know, workshop, article, podcast episode, whatever it might be, but you want it to know who you are speaking to and what the purpose yeah. of the thing is before it creates that for you. Otherwise, you might end up, you know, way off in, you know, some some field somewhere. And it's like, wait a second, no, no, this isn't what we were <laughs> what we were looking for, right? So, you know, that's one really useful way to use that avatar information once you've gotten it from from ChatGPT. Yeah, I use it the same way you do. I really love it to speed up the thought process of just you know, give me a starting point and give me some ideas because, you know, as experts, then once we've got that starting point, it's like, oh, okay, now, now we're good to go. But I'm finding for me, even what you're talking about there, even a, a module or a podcast episode, just give me, you know, a couple of talking points on this topic and it spits them out. I don't think I've ever used all its talking points that it does spit out, but it's like, huh, I forgot that bit or, oh, I didn't even think of that bit or, Ah, I can expand on that. And what I do also love to say is, okay, well, give me a, a title and now expand on that. Like what are some talking points on that? So you can really use it to speed up the process at which you work, which means that, you know, your output is far faster and you can go have a coffee and go down the beach a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And who doesn't want that? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So... I guess from what you're talking about, like make sure that you're giving it the good prompts in the first place, ask it to go deeper, use it to speed up your thought processes. What are some of the other ways that you're using ChatGPT in your coaching business right now? Yeah, one of my favorite ones that I use regularly is, you know, I, I write an article, I feel great about the article, it's all edited, and I'm, you know, ready to have it published somewhere. And then I realize, oh, wait, I also need a really catchy title for this too. And uh -huh. sometimes at that moment, especially if I'm doing it at the last minute, which sometimes I do, I will admit, my brain power is spent for coming up with a good title for the article, right? And so I'll just say, can you come up with 10 good article titles for the following article and I'll put in quotes and boom. And then, and rarely do I use any of them exactly, but there's mm. always one of them when I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And I might say, give me more, five more variations of that one. And then I'll like, okay. And then I go write one that's, you know, in that, in that vein. So that's, that's one that I really like. Today, I just posted on LinkedIn an article, and this is one I learned from my business coach I'm working from with right now, uh, Ross O'Loughlin from Conversion Engineering. And you know, one of the issues we run into is that when you ask AI to create something for you is like, it's not going to sound like you, right? And people might be able to tell that it doesn't sound like you. And so we're like, well, I still have to go and edit the whole thing. So what if you could get something closer to what you might sound like, 
whether that's on video or written or or whatever. And so one thing that I've experimented with since learning this from Ross is feeding it a piece of my content that's very, you know, indicative of this is my voice and my style and who I, my expertise and the things I talk about. And I just say, I'd love for you to analyze my, the style and voice of the following piece of content and then let me know. Well, and then, you know, you can post that in, it'll come back and it'll give you a list of stuff. Oh, I noticed that you use these kinds of analogies and you like to do these kinds of things. And it's great. And they'll go, awesome. Can you turn this into a prompt that I can give you next time I'd like you to help me write a piece of content? I like that. (laughs) And then it comes back and says, yes, here you go. And then what do you do? You copy that, you paste it, you keep it somewhere. And so the next time you go to write something, you say, I'm writing an article about X for this kind of a person, and this is the purpose of it. Here's my style, you know, and so you give it the thing that it's done to analyze your stuff. Now, you're still probably going to need to do some editing, but it's going to be a lot closer than what you Mm. otherwise would have, what what you otherwise would have gotten back with just kind of your default, write an article about such and such, you know, so that way it's at least in the realm of what's going to sound like you. Mm, I love that. And if you are listening and you want to hear more about Ross, funnily enough, we had him back on episode 504. So we'll link that up in the show notes because we had a great conversation with Ross. Yeah, such a good guy. Cool. Now, I know that you have a resource that's got all sorts of frameworks and all the things that you're talking about. Can you just explain a little bit more about what it is that people can get from you and where they go to if that's of interest to them? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big fan of creating frameworks, frameworks that are very useful for helping people solve specific things, you know, coming to a decision or designing a thing or getting to a result. And so I've collected some of my favorite ones for coaches and consultants who are looking to scale their business, whether it's, you know, you're trying to design a new offer or, you know, you're struggling with your messaging a little bit, or you'd love some insights about how to use AI in your business. And so if you go to jasonvo.download, and just enter your email there. It will give you a free account to my course hub, and I'll give you access to to some of my best frameworks that you can then, you know, it'll be a little training and like a worksheet or something that goes with it. And, you know, you can choose the ones that feel most relevant to you, but that's it. If anything I've said today has resonated with you and you'd like to get inside my brain some more to help you with your business, that's where to go. And I'm happy to share those things with you. Yeah, so definitely head over there. We'll pop the links for that in the show notes at influencedbydesignpodcast.com. I love what you're talking about, Jason. I think that ChatGPT is a fabulous resource, as you know, many other thousands and thousands of other AI tools. I also think that integrating them into our business and still using them as the, I guess, catalyst for us to take our expertise and our thought leadership to the next level is where as thought leaders, we're going to be able to stand out because we're going to see a lot of vanilla coming out. And I don't know about you, but I already am. You can tell when as a title was specifically written by chat GPT, it's got a certain right, does framework that. to it. And you can tell there is a certain yeah. thing. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell straight away. So I think that where we've got the opportunity is to use it, put it, you know, add it into the mix of our expertise and use it to take our work to a much higher level is where the opportunity is for us right now. And I guess where for us, 
as experts and with the timing that this has come in, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I guess how younger generations use it because they won't have the expertise and the lived experience that we have. So, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that we're in a really lucky time, you know, to be able to use this tool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you've been in business for a while as have I, and in the couple of decades I've been online, like there are those two or three moments when you're like, oh, something just shifted. And of course, social media mm. was definitely one of them, right? You know, YouTube and Facebook and all those coming about, but this is AI is a hundred percent another one of those. And you can just see everything shifting with how people are operating. And so there's a lot of opportunity. It's exciting. It can be scary, but it's also, yeah, huge opportunity for those who are willing to dive in. Absolutely. What is one thought that you want to leave the listeners with in regards to using specifically chat GPT? Because that's what we've been talking about today. You know, a thought that you want to leave people with or something that they can noodle over after they've listened to this episode. Yeah. I mean, if there's, you know, people, I'm sure there's a couple of different types of people listening to this, either ones who have tried it and are like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm going to go try that too. And they hadn't thought of that. And that's great. I'm glad we gave them some ideas. So absolutely, please go use it and let us know how it goes. And then those who are listening, like, I keep hearing this sounds enticing. I don't know. I also hear that it's going to destroy the world yeah. or that it's going to take our know, jobs. It's take our job that it's not accurate. That it, And yeah, there are all these things, but you know, nothing that we've shared here today is saying, you know, just let it take over and do everything for you, right? Just be willing to dip a toe in, right? And if all you do from this interview is to, you know, the, our conversation today is go over to ChatGPT and just type in, I would like you to help me better understand my ideal client. Let me tell you a little bit about them and then type four or five sentences and then hit enter and just see what comes back and then just start a conversation with it. Okay, just try it out. Just see how it goes. You just, you might surprise yourself. And then you also might need to set a timer because you may end up down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. <laughs> and not realize how much time has has passed. So fair warning there too. But that would be, it's like dip a toe and see how it goes. Like there really is a lot of possibility if you just go through that learning curve that there can be to get to where it's truly useful for you. Yeah, I love that. Definitely wise advice. There is a learning curve, but stick with it go down that rabbit hole and there's nothing wrong with going down it a couple of times to see, you know, what comes out. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, Jason, and sharing your thoughts and look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Samantha. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.